nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. Well, 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 welcome back to the Zika Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. And today I have for you, Jess Brain. Yes, I have Jess Brain. So you know what we're going to talk about. I've been following Jess for a while and she does fantastic work. Just a little bit about her because she's going to tell you a lot more about herself. She's, uh, she's from Australia, which I think is pretty awesome. I learned today there's an Australian English, just as a side note. She's the owner of the Brain Bar and Brain Fitness Health Coach. Neurobics instructor, and we're going to talk about that, and laughing yoga leader. So you know where this episode is going. We're going to talk about the brain. We're going to talk about how to make yourself happy, how to feel amazeballs, and just be the best version of yourself. Because you can't be truly healthy. You can't manage your body weight if your brain is not healthy. So today, we're going to talk about how to optimize your brain function with Jess Brain. Hey, Jess, how are you doing? Hey, Narado, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for the opportunity to join you and uh, share everything about brain health today. I'm, I'm really honored to be here. The pleasure is all mine because I need to learn some ways to optimize my brain as well. I feel like I'm doing really well, but you never know everything. And that's why you're here. <laughs> now, let's start off with question number one. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your journey, your qualifications. Who is Jess Brain? Well, uh, my name is Jess Brain. Yes, really. And I'm a brain fitness coach. <laughs> Um, I have been interested and fascinated by the brain for many years, uh, but it really stems back to when I was at university and I wasn't doing so well and I didn't think I was very smart, you know, not feeling enough. So I thought, hold up, you know, with a last name like brain, maybe I could learn something about the brain that would help me with my studies. So I started researching what I could eat. And, and then from there, it grew. I read all these books and I just became, a, you know, a self-professed brain health nerd. Um, I moved on from what I could eat to what activities I could engage in that would improve my brain health. But not just that, like what activities I could have, do that would help me grow new brain cells. And not just grow new brain cells, but grow brain cells quickly. So... Uh, after years working in a not-for-profit and just reading about the brain on my own, I started working for a neuroscience research company in Australia. And then I decided to take the plunge, pack up my life, sell everything, move to New York as the neuroscience hub of the world. 
and I've been here for five years. And uh, during the pandemic, I, I launched my own business and have been training people on how to improve their brain health, reach peak performance, eliminate brain fog, and just get more mental energy with the whole aim of trying to encourage people so that they can potentially avoid dementia and Alzheimer's. Wow, that's fantastic. Um, that's probably my favorite word to use on the podcast is fantastic, but that truly is fantastic. Um, yes. But yeah, because you, you, meant, you mentioned growing new brain cells. That's, that's very important because we need to realize that what the brain cells that we're born with is not what we stay with the rest of our life. Cells regenerate any kind of cells in your body. Now, at the rate that it regenerates, we're talking about cellular autophagy, depends on epigenetics. It depends on changes that you make with your life. It depends on your, you know, epigenetics, of course, includes your nutrition, how you train, even the people in your lives, you know, all your habits, in, you know, those all work together in cell re regeneration, right? Absolutely. So I'm glad there's, there are coaches like you because things that we think are normal, like, like you mentioned, brain fog, or just, you know, not feeling mentally sharp enough, always exhausted. Those things are normal, but they're not optimal. It's like I explained to my friends the difference between common sense and good sense. Common sense is what everybody does. Good sense is knowing better. I and like it. That's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> now, give me a little bit more on this now. Why is it important to focus on the health of our brain? Uh, well, I'm pleased you brought this up because I think it's a really important question that unfortunately a lot of people overlook. And it, we really need to take this seriously. You know, if we look at like pre, even pre-pandemic, we were already anticipating a huge rise in the amount of people who are aging and therefore going to experience some form of dementia or cognitive decline. And then we have the pandemic. And collectively, we all experience increasing stress, depression, anxiety, isolation, which is loneliness, which is awful for the brain because we're not engaging socially. We're not laughing with other people. We have poor diet. We're not exercising much as much as we used to. And we're also not breathing very well. So I don't know what the statistics are these days when you, when you factor in the impact of the pandemic on our brain health and how that will uh, change the numbers if the people expected to experience dementia. But I can only expect that that to be absolutely exacerbate the numbers. So what is termed as the a very colorful term, the silver tsunami is only going to rise unless we do something about it. And the thing is, there are lots of things that we can do about it and they're actually really fun. So it's all these diet and lifestyle hacks that um, can really change our brain for the better so that we can encourage, get the brain to think differently. And by doing that, we can encourage the brain to create new connections between brain cells under the, the term neuroplasticity, where we know the brain is malleable and adaptable and, and can grow and heal itself. And therefore, when we grow these extra connections, we can build cognitive reserve. Now, cognitive reserve means that uh, the brain will have enough extra wiring 
bit like the, a backup plan for the brain. So even if the brain experiences damage, from perhaps from the environment, uh, from our diet or emotional trauma, the brain will still have all this extra wiring that you won't, even if your brain shows signs of dementia or Alzheimer's, you won't exhibit or feel any sort of cognitive decline. So my, my five main things that I focus on when I work with people is mindset, diet, lifestyle, cognitive training, and of course, sleep is a really important one because that allows the brain to clean itself. When we go to sleep, providing we're getting good quality sleep, then the glymphatic system, which is the glial cells, start to clean the brain and uh, take away any, any wiring that isn't being used so that our brain can function more efficiently and, and therefore you know, we, we can have uh, higher forms of peak performance during the day. So are you saying that we can train our brains to operate at its utmost best? That's what you're telling me? I like to think of it as infinite potential. Not full potential, because full potential sounds to me like there's some sort of it's limit. Caps, right. Infinite potential. People say that you know we only use ten percent of our brain, and that's a complete misnomer. No one really knows where that came from, um, but it's just not true. The potential is just immense, and at the moment, I think that a lot of us we you know we live a neurotoxic lifestyle. I had a conversation with a friend the other day. And she mentioned that we're talking about using you know, the full capacity of our brain. And I was telling her that different parts of the brain handle different um, functions, right? So a lot of times we feel like, oh, I'm, I'm constantly using my brain. I'm constantly using my brain. But if you're only using one side of it or focusing on one side of the brain, then you're not strengthening the entire. And that's why I take up habits like I'm a, I'm a nonfiction reader. I, I, I read scientific studies for fun. I've been that nerd forever. That's why I'm, I do what I do. But I hate reading fiction, but I force myself to read fiction because it exercises a part of my brain. When I play my guitar and I'm learning songs, it exercises something different. So I have different practices, including, of course, training, working on my memory. And this drives me nuts. This is so common in society. And this ticks me off to no end. I just have a bad memory. Ha, ha, ha. No, that's not funny to me. That is, especially, you cannot be 15, 20, 25, 30 and tell me that you have a bad memory and think it's funny. That's horrible. Because then you're looking at what, what's going to happen when you're 40? What's going to happen when you're 50? When you're 60? Oh, it's just aging. No, it's not aging. When you were younger and you were laughing about having a bad memory, instead of training your brain, you laughed it off. And, it's, and when, when you do that, you can't blame anybody but yourself. Don't blame science. Don't blame, don't blame anybody. It's your fault because you decide not to work on your brain. I'm sorry, that's a little bit of rant, but that ticks me off to no end. I agree with you. I'm with you. But I think a lot of that stems from the fact that they haven't been taught that there are ways to improve or they're just not aware. And they just think that they're born with, they're born with this brain and that's just how it is. And they just have to deal with it as is. A lot of people will say, I'm not good at remembering names. And so you're just reinforcing that to your brain and, and you become sort of lazy. That becomes your thinking. And the more you say that over and over again, we know how powerful thoughts are and how much that affects our brain. Then we start to believe it. But the, the, the trick is you need to add the word yet at the end of the sentence. 
I'm not good at remembering names yet because then that still allows for possibility for you to improve. I absolutely love that. I'm going to use that. Next time someone tells me that, I'm going to ask them if they use the word yet. I because you're right. It comes down to being common, but not optimal and not good, right? And I love the fact that you don't, you say infinite potential because you don't cap out. You don't say, okay, I'm 30 years old. My memory is as good as it's going to be. My analytic skills is as good as it's going to be. It's, it's, you're, you're always moving forward. You're always learning. There are studies. I don't have any studies on the pandemic, of course, but they, I'm sure they will be. But studies that show that individuals in nursing homes who have plants and regular visitors live longer and operate better mentally. And pets too. And pets too. That social connection that you're talking about. My friends laugh at me if they're on the phone with me and I'm watering my plants, I sing to them. And oh, they're I laughing. Love that. <laughs> I'm sure the they're plants like, love it too. Apparently they are growing pretty well. I have a money tree in here that's almost as big as my place, but <laughs> but you know, it's that, that that connection is very important. You know, it's Ben Greenfield, one of the guys that I absolutely love. I, I follow him, does amazing work. And I think it was a year ago, the year before that, they asked him at the end of the year, what did you learn that you didn't know the year before? And he's a well-known biohacker. And he said, well, he learned that the importance of social connection. Because at first he thought that he would be that lone biohacker, go home and take a red light and shining on his, shine it on his balls and he'll be <laughs> all right. But he's like, no, but you realize that having people around you who having those social connections, spending time with um, and um, developing different parts of your brain, those things are just so important for us. Because we talk about the gut health connection. Whichever side you fall on, the first brain, the second brain, the gut or the brain, but we all know they're connected at the end of the day. Absolutely. And you know how much I talk about gut health. So you can't have a healthy gut without a healthy brain and vice versa. And thank you again for giving us some already really good information. You're welcome. <laughs> so you talked about what um, brain fitness coaches do. So you gave me a nice little summary just a while ago. Do you have anything to add there? Well, one of the elements that I guess I've really developed a lot during the pandemic uh, is looking at an element of cognitive training called neurobics. Now, neurobics are unique brain training exercises that encourage the brain to think differently. Um, so there are four key elements that can be used as part of neurobics. So it's focused attention and mindfulness. Um, Activating one or more of the senses of the body. Uh, encouraging an emotional response, because we know when we're, our emotions are heightened, we're more likely to, to remember it. And also in, in, uh, encouraging novelty, because when there's novelty, the brain lights up. It's like, oh, what's this new? What's this fun thing I need to pay attention to? So I've been developing a whole bunch of different neurobic exercises. Um, and the neurobic exercises is something that uh, Jim Quick, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he calls neurobic exercises limitless challenges. And Mel Robbins recently uh, created a high five, you know, positive affirmation um, neurobic exercise, which I think is great. You do a high five in the mirror to yourself every morning. Um, that's really powerful. And, uh, you know, it was said that neurobics are the fastest way to grow new brain cells. Now, I'm not sure about the fastest, but it's definitely up there in my 
uh, belief of like what is one of the fastest ways. Um, and so it's just a great way to encourage the brain to think differently, activate new senses, um, and you know really encourage that uh, cognitive reserve. So the brain has that backup uh, backup plan for if you do get dementia or, or any sort of um, deficit to the brain. I like neurobics. This actually is new to me. Uh, we need to talk a little bit more about that because it includes so many different factors. I want to touch on the emotions piece and I want to touch about the novel touch on the novelty piece. Mm -hmm. So I, I a lot of times I put on the conversations I have with individuals and this is another one I had when I told them that that's my weakness is emotions. It sounds weird, but I know that's me. I'm one of those people who, if something bothers me, I'll just stay away from it. I won't deal with it. I don't like to deal with complex emotions. In fact, my interview with um, Chris Lee, Dr. Chris Lee, he's a, he mentioned that two things we do not learn in school, how to handle complex emotions and how to balance the checkbook. Well, today we just say finances because we don't have checkbooks anymore, but you get the point. Um, so that's something I never learned. And for me, because I don't like to argue and I can be a people pleaser just to avoid people, just to avoid the arguments. I'll just step away from it so I don't have to deal with these complex emotions. However, there are parts of your brain that do deal with handling complex emotions. And that's something that needs to be exercised. And that's something that I'm still working on because like you said, we're limitless, right? If I, if I know everything at this point, I really don't know anything. Then the second piece is novelty. Yes, introducing new things to your brain. That creates a challenge. You create a challenge, you conquer it. That strengthens your brain. Constantly challenging yourself. It's so easy for us to focus on what we know. And we do what we know. But creating those challenges help you to stay sharper. When I pick up a, when I pick up a, a song, for example that I've never seen before. I like watching the videos and watching the song to see how somebody plays it or look at the song sheet and just exercise my brain. I love reading science and learning something. Wow, I've never heard about that before. How does that work? And I start digging into it more and more and more. I'm a natural learner. And that has helped me to stay sharp over the years and will help me to stay sharp in my, you know, when I'm a thousand years old or whatever, whatever I make it to. <laughs> so I love neurobics and I, I know I love neurobics and what you just explained is what a neurobic coach do is what I would presume correct yeah absolutely but it's it's also um not just looking at the emotions which is one element of neurobics but also Marissa Peer she's a very famous uh hypnotist and she includes neurobics she includes communication as part of neurobics and we are communicating all the time but a lot of the time we're not conscious about how we're communicating and we end up using a lot of lazy words like um yeah you know right okay and if we can eliminate those words what happens our brain starts to become more focused and intentional we become more contemplative rather than just reactionary we can become better listeners and better communicators we can express ourselves more efficiently and it's actually a really fast way to get the brain to think more clearly. So um, you're like, yeah, saying I can't say, okay, all right. All of those words <laughs> have to be eradicated, gone, gone, gone. But here's one thing that I actually thought would be very interesting for your audience. 
you know, you, you can activate uh, the auditory um, sense, um, uh, the olfactory sense, uh, kinesthetic, as well as the gustatory. So improving your, not only what we're eating, but how we're eating. And by looking at this and engaging in some of these gustatory brain exercises, it actually can lead to better weight management because you can be more mindful about the choices that you make in terms of what you eat and also how you eat to make eating rather than just shoving it into your mouth, you can um, activate those senses by being more playful, by pausing for a moment, uh, by being more appreciative of the food. And long-term, that helps you to make better decisions around the food that you eat. I have a, before this episode comes out, I had uh, two interviews that we discussed uh, how you eat. One is with uh, Trisha Nelson. She's an emotional eating expert. Mm-hmm. And another one with, I can't remember the name right now. I know I'm drawing a blank. Maybe I need to do some aerobics, but um, but yeah, I have we did discuss in a couple of episodes how the um how eating it, how you eat and how it impacts your digestion, how it impacts your gut. And I've talked about that on a few other episodes as well. One of my um practices before I eat is I play a song before I eat. Oh, I love that. And just like five minutes, help me to slow down, relax. Because, yeah, most of us do do the eat quick, 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 and we don't enjoy our food. And we know that digestion begins in the brain, not in the mouth. It's actually before it hits the gut. It's the brain, then the mouth. Well, so I, before I, I you, say maybe the mind before it even hits the mouth. Exactly. So there is, there's, that, there's, there's that connection there. When, when the moment we smell something, and our, our digestive, um, our saliva is getting ready for the food just by smelling it. It's just like, um, I learned this when I was a kid and I tested it out. If you may not need to use the bathroom, but you start walking towards the bathroom and you need to use the bathroom because <laughs> your like, mind so picks up. you get closer to home, the, yes. the more you need to pay. <laughs> exactly. Our brains pick up these things. And that's why that's, so that's an example of how digestion begins in the brain. Or you may not even be hungry, but just the fact that you smell the food and you're like, you just, you just start to, you're, you're already, you, you smell it and your, your saliva just starting getting ready for the food. It, it, it could be in the oven. It could be on the stove, but it just smells so delicious. Or it brings you back to a memory. I remember when my mom used to make this or grandma or grandpa, whoever used to make this. And you, you have these wonderful memories, digestion begins in the mind. You're definitely right. I mean, even you can just think about what a lemon tastes like. Just thinking about what that sensation is and the, the sourness and, you know, the, the juice sort of running off the side if you were going to put a lemon in your mouth. And that can start to make some changes in your body just from that experience. Just thinking and about it. And even on the quote-unquote negative side, we a lot of us have a really bad relationship with food a lot of times, in my opinion, where we think, okay, like I know people who say, I don't like this, I don't like that. It's like I'm Jamaican. We're, I love my people, but I'm going to say this, we're very close-minded people. If we don't like something, we don't like it. That's how we function. And it drives me up the wall sometimes to talk to my family because I drink some things, because we have access to a lot of natural stuff in Jamaica, which is really good for your gut. And my family would say, 
can you send me some uh, some probiotic? I said, no, I'm not wasting my money. You have access to surrogacy, turmeric, a lot of stuff that are natural that you can drink. Oh, it's too bitter. I don't like it. I'd rather take the pill. I said, well, you spend your own money because I'm not going to buy it for you because you have access to that natural stuff. Now, quote unquote, not necessarily say it's food, but those are things that are good for your gut because your brain is telling you, oh, I don't like it because it's bitter. You're not going to do it, even though you know it's good for you. Or as someone tells me, told me, I don't like kale. I hate kale. I can't stand kale. When you keep telling yourself that, it's just like telling yourself, I have a bad memory. So what? You're never going to like kale ever. Well, you know, also, our taste buds change every seven years. So if you don't like something, perhaps you should try it again a little bit later. Because you like, I didn't like, you know, olives when I was younger. Now I love them. Hmm. So I think it's always something to have an open mind and perhaps try it again. You know, I, I like to think that perhaps if you... If someone, you know, put a blindfold over you and, you know, put some things in your mouth, if you didn't know what they were, would you actually dislike them? Very good question. And you know what? I, I wouldn't say I do that exact test, but I can tell since I've improved my health, how my taste buds have even changed just in the last few years itself. Because if you give me fried foods now, first of all, I didn't grow up on fried foods, but I ate a lot when I first moved to the U.S., and that's how they liking it. But now if you give me fried foods, I don't like it. I've tried. Like people say to me, treat yourself, get some burgers and fries and I'll eat it. And I feel disgusted because I'm, my, my gut bacteria, especially my large intestine, my colon, don't love those foods anymore. Well, then your body's not used to it anymore. Exactly. Exactly. I have more good bacteria in my large intestine, my colon, instead of bad bacteria in my small intestine. And my good bacteria is craving those foods. That's actually what I meant to say. So should I clarify that? Now, let's talk about brain food stacks. What are some of your favorite? And tell us about your product. You tell, me, tell us about your, what you do. Any plugs that you want to give, this is the time to give it. I appreciate it. Well, uh, on my website, which is thebrainbar.com, I have a list of all my favorite brain foods that are my go-to. Um, you know, after being at university and researching what is good for the brain, um, understanding, you know, about different nootropics and like snack foods and also drinks and supplements. Um, what has been the number one game changer for me that I only just got discovered maybe like six months ago was mud water. Have you tried mud water yet? No, and it, it comes back to the brain thing we we're talking about. It sounds disgusting. So break it down for me. I am right there with you. I had a number of people recommend it to me saying, Jess, you'll love it, you'll love it. And I'm just like, oh my God, it's going to sound taste like dirt. At least that's what I thought it sounded like. But it has been an absolute game changer. Anyone who will listen, I'm like, have you heard about mud water? Um, it is, it's a coffee replacement. So I used to drink three cups of coffee a day. Now I've cut out all coffee and I will have one cup of mud water in the morning. And I it gives me the energy that I need, mental and physical, to sustain me throughout the whole day. It includes cordyceps. So cordyceps is, is a mushroom, not the psychedelic kind, but one that will give you energy. It also includes lion's mane, which is great for memory, which is another mushroom. And it includes um, other mushrooms, uh, chaga and reishi, which is good for your immune system. It's got turmeric in there, cinnamon. So rather than tasting like dirt, it actually just kind of tastes like an unsweetened chocolate drink. And when you don't have the jitters, 
and it you know doesn't stop you from getting to sleep at night it's just been an absolute game changer and I am not going back to coffee especially because the way that a lot of coffee especially in America is stored it means that the coffee has toxic mold in it which then when you ingest that it you know can cause brain fog migraines a whole bunch of neurological issues so mud water is something that I highly recommend you can find that on my website and the other one that I love um, is the IQ bars. Have you, have you heard of them? Yes. They are delicious. And, and like, I'm just blown away at how good they are. They're non-GMO, they're gluten-free. Um, uh, they've got uh, coconut oil in them. They're, they're just, and they're tasty and delicious. And they've got zero sugar. Uh, you just cannot go wrong. You've got so many different flavors. Um, they're another one that's just a great go-to snack in the afternoon. So they're my top two picks, but there's a bunch of other um, nootropics and other sort of food supplements, cognitive enhancers that you can find that all on my website for, you know, if you have any special questions, um, I love questions. So I'm always open for, for questions. What's your website? Thebrainbar.com. Perfect. And uh, the website will be in the show notes as well. So you can click on it and um, access her website with she has a ton of great things. I'm telling you, I've looked over her website before I even put together the questions for this podcast. She has a ton of great stuff. And plus, I already knew her work because I've been following her for years. But in the um, the show notes are going to be zucahealth.com slash JessBrain. That's going to be the show notes. But of course, it's going to be in the description of the podcast. So you click on it, go straight to it. But thank you so much. And so I guess the moral of the story here is stop drinking toxic coffee and drink mud water with IQ bars. It does, just saying that sentence sounds weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound all that appetizing, but let me tell you, it's really tasty. <laughs> awesome. Now let's get into our nootropics a little bit now, since we're talking about things that you do offer. What are some of the benefits of nootropics? Yeah, so uh, nootropics have actually been around for a while. There's a whole bunch of different companies who are producing nootropics uh, in the market at the moment. It's pretty saturated, but uh, they're, they are cognitive enhancers. So they're all natural. They include amino acids, um, some of the mushrooms, like which are adaptogens. Um, so your body will only absorb whatever your body needs. Um, and herbs. Um, so... Um, just will improve your cognitive function and sort of elevate your your nervous system and be focused, reduce anxiety, um, eliminate brain fog. So they will make you feel like you, but just better. I, I recently suggested some nootropics for a friend of mine, and she said, Jess, I no longer have to think for a word. Like, absolutely. That's exactly what happens. It just makes thinking easier. And who doesn't want that? I, I might need some of that too, to be honest. Oh, you don't have any? No, I actually don't. I do use, so the, sometimes I drink Four Sigmatic coffee. I kind of mix that in. And it does have lion's mane. Yep. Which is, of course, good for your brain. But I don't actually take nootropics, so I'm gonna look into that a little bit more because, you know, like you said, I 
I know I function at a pretty high level, but it's limitless. And I can move up from even where that, from even where that I am. And I encourage anyone, if you're functioning at a high level or if you're just not functioning at the level you feel like you should be functioning, look into nootropics and look into the into the products and services that services can't talk. There we go. Services that just brain provides. And I also on your products, I want to piggyback on something you mentioned about zero sugar. A lot of times we don't realize how damaging sugar is for our gut and for our brain. Now, I want to clarify that because this is something else that grinds my gears. I got it from Peter, a family guy. Now, you know what grinds my gears? But it's, we think sugar is a toxin. And I've even had doctors say sugar is toxic. Anybody who tells you that has no idea what they're talking about. Sugar is in fruit. If sugar is toxic, mangoes are toxic. If sugar is toxic, berries are, are toxic. Processed sugar, however, is a whole different ballgame. Don't tell me honey is bad for me. Because if, if I can't eat sugar, I can't, eat, I can't eat anything from the fruit kingdom. Why does it grow? It's natural. But processed sugar is a whole different story, a whole different ballgame. However, excess sugar, especially with processed sugar, creates excess inflammation, oxidative oxidative stress. I've mentioned that on many of my episodes that just sh- sugar and carbs go through mitochondrial pathway one, three, four, and five, which are high inflammation, high oxidative stress path- pathways. Fats, however, go through mitochondrial pathway two, which is a lower inflammation, lower oxidative stress, stress pathways. Anybody want to know more about that? You can DM me on my Instagram at Zico Health. We can talk about that a lot more. But when you're constantly running on sugar and you have a high sugar metabolism, you're going to create more oxidative stress and inflammation, which damages the gut and then damages the brain. But sugar in moderation, I don't believe in everything in moderation, especially when you're trying to fix something or, or improve something. You may have to make, you know, everyone has made different changes. But sugar is one of those things, especially natural sugars that come from fruits, vegetables, you can have in moderation for most people. Absolutely. So I just want to clarify. I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, you definitely are very well informed and knowledgeable about that. Uh, I learned a lot there. Appreciate that. Um, the one thing, though, I'd also like to include is the amount of sugar that is in alcohol. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, that is causing a lot of inflammation because of the high sugar content. So, um, you know, I know that the alcohol industry, you know, doesn't want you to say this, but everyone should really be reducing their alcohol intake um, because it is a neurotoxin and it is causing a lot of health problems. And uh, I'm not going to say any names, brand names on this show, because I don't want anybody to sue me. Apparently I'm getting big enough to where people are actually listening to me. So let me, (laughs) I won't say the brand names, but there is one brand that as advertised, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's liquor, right? I think it's some kind of beer or some kind of hard liquor, but it has vitamin C and you're like, it comes with antioxidants. It's good. It's so good for you. And as soon as I saw that, I screenshot it and you know, on my Instagram, I have like thousands of like doctors and dietitians and health experts. And I just started messaging them one by one. I'm like, look at this, look at this, just to see what their comments were. And everybody was like cracking up and we're like, is this what we're coming to? Yeah. Are people really going to drink 
beer with vitamin C and think they're, they're, they're healthy. This, what, this is what's happening. Unfortunately, the, the marketing for a lot of the alcohol products is really quite alarming and, and quite deceptive to encourage people to think that they're being healthy when it's the complete opposite. The, worst, the best thing that could happen in that scenario is the antioxidants would fight off some of the inflammation that the alcohol and the sugars are causing. That's best case scenario. I don't even know if that's even possible. Yeah, but then you've got all the other health problems associated with drinking the alcohol, poor sleep, you know, uh, memory issues, apoptosis, so killing of brain cells. The benefits for the vitamin C and the antioxidant. I mean, uh, the numbers, I'm not sure, are 100% accurate, but they do say, I read a while ago, that one beer will kill off 50,000 brain cells. Mm. Yet every day, roughly, depending on your diet and lifestyle, we're only generating between 500 to 700 new brain cells a day. Wow, say that one more time. Okay, that's, that's, that's powerful. One beer will kill off 50,000 brain cells. Now, depending on your diet and lifestyle, we're only generating between 500 to 700 a day. So, I mean, you do the math. I don't, it, that's not a good equation. If I'm killing off that many brain cells, I might have a hard time doing math, but we, <laughs> that's a different discussion for a different day. <laughs> now, you offer root health coaching. Please explain to my audience what that is. Absolutely. So Root Health was uh, founded by Michael Edwards, and he calls himself a a, a student of healing. And uh, he asked me to come on board to be a health coach with him. And so what we are doing is we are looking at the cellular resonance of uh, people's bodies. So understanding at a cellular level how much energy, how much the cell is vibrating. So we are looking at testing people's organs, looking at uh, the minerals in their body, um, the nutrients, um, looking at, you know, where the stresses are in the body um, to figure out, you know, what can be improved so that people can experience more um, physical and mental energy and get rid of some of the perhaps blocks of energy that exist in the body. So it can also look at your hormones, your neurotransmitters, the toxicology, um, you know, to figure out, you know, perhaps some problems that you've been experiencing um, and find ways to resolve them in a sort of non-invasive manner. So instead of looking at the, the symptom, we're well, looking at a root. I want to quickly walk everyone through a scenario. Everybody knows about my history of my asthma, especially if you listen to me for a while and how I'm going on three years without any medication and my asthma is way better. In fact, this time of year that it's getting cold outside, I wouldn't be able to conduct this interview. I would be coughing all the time. And this is when I was on medication. And there are times I had to go home and stay on the couch for a couple of days because I just, I couldn't breathe. I'm coughing. And this is when I was on three medications and my doctor kept telling me, no, no, just take your medicine. I'm like, okay, I can't listen to you anymore. Not telling anybody not to listen to their doctors. That's my disclaimer. Don't just stop what you're doing and listen to me. Please don't. I do not want to get sued. But what my point is, there are a lot of things that you can do for 
your health by looking at the root cause. When you go to a doctor, especially a medical doctor, if they're not a naturopathic or maybe a nutritionist or a dietitian, or if they haven't appeared on the Zika Health Show, then they're, you're, they're gonna look at, okay, try this medicine, this should do that, try this, this should do that. First of all, they don't even know. They're saying, try this to see if this works, try that if that works. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to cover up the symptom. And then later on, my uncle and I always talk about this, you have to take something else to deal with the side effects of the first thing. Yep, and then, cool. and even before you go to the doctor, let's talk about over-the-counter stuff. Because we think over-the-counter stuff is safe because it's over-the-counter. Look at the back. It has so, every over-the-counter medicine has side effects. You know what doesn't have side effects? Fruits and vegetables. So... <laughs> Just stop, just stop and just stop and breathe that in for, for a moment and listen to what I call over-the-counter medicine, gateway drugs, because eventually you got to be on something stronger. Before you continue, I just want to add this. Jerry Seinfeld made a joke a long time ago, and I never really got it. And he's talking about how we have strength and then we moved up to extra strength and then we moved up to maximum strength. So it's basically figure out what will kill me and then back it off a little bit. That's what you're taking. So you're taking enough to drop a bomb in your gut, destroy your cells, cause brain fog, cause all these health issues, but you're still alive. That's really what you're doing with maximum strength. Yeah. Well, so certainly not healthy. A lot of that is very, very toxic. And so what we do at Root Health is really get to the bottom of what the problem is, rather than just a lot of the pharmaceutical companies are just providing something that will reduce the symptoms rather than solve the problem. It's like putting a Band-Aid over the top. And that's not solving the problem. So people then, as you say, just end up with more medications with more side effects. It's this, this terrible chain reaction where you know, big farmers making a lot of money off people's health that people aren't healing. I wouldn't even call it a Band-Aid. I think, I think <laughs> a bit like patching a road. The other day, there's a road, Florida is known for potholes. Here, for some reason, we just like holes swallow up cars. I don't understand. I've driven past holes where I know that if our car fell in it, it wasn't going to come out. And I drive a little Honda Civic though. So, you know, that's not hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I was talking to my friend one day and I was telling her every time they patch this road, I see another pothole. And she was explaining to me it's because they're not fixing the structure. They're just patching it. Mm -hmm. So you're going to always see another pothole. That's what you're doing with your health when you take over the counter, over the counter and you keep taking medicine um, prescriptions. You're patching the road, but you're not healing anything because they're going to be another side effect or another health issue. Something's going to come up. Now, again, I'm not saying stop taking your medicine. What, the only question I'm going to ask is, what plan do you have to get off it? That's the only question I'm asking there. Well, the thing is, I mean, a lot of the medications that are prescribed, they're sort of even the diet and lifestyle. It's like, oh, well, here's, you know, this is good for everyone. And that's just not true. You know, all of our brains and our bodies are so unique. So what's right for you isn't necessarily going to be right for me. So we've got to have this personalized approach to health so that we can all feel our best. But just because it works for you doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for me. And so we've got to, by getting to the root 
cause of whatever the problem is, you know, then we can start to heal. Yep. And talk about root causes. I really want to ask this question. What are some basic things people can do to improve the health of their brain? You've given some good information, but a little bit more. What are some basic things that we can do? Well, one of my favorites is to eat blueberries. Mm. Honestly, if the FDA could bottle blueberries, they would be charging a fortune. Blueberries are high in antioxidants, um, just great for memory, uh, very easy and delicious. So highly recommend go out, buy some blueberries, have them in the fridge, eat them on a daily basis. Great way to do that. Um, something else that I really like that I think is a bit, a bit fun and silly is to walk backwards. Mm. Now, walking backwards has actually been scientifically proven to improve short-term memory. Yep. So what it's doing, it's encouraging the exercise, but it's also encouraging the body to move in a new way. So the brain is forced to think in a new way, move in a new way, and therefore it's creating these new connections and, and making the brain be more um, heightened and alert in that moment. So you know, like be more focused. So I think that that's always a bit of fun. Be, be mindful. I've, I've done that in Central Park many times. And I'm sure I get, you know, quite a few odd looks, but I don't mind. I'm like, all right, I'm leading, leading the way here. <laughs> um, but just, of course, be mindful of like what's behind you. But often you can, you know, turn your head. And that is good also for improving your, your eyesight and your awareness of, of what's around you. So say you've got a diet. And then you've also got a lifestyle exercise hack to improve brain health. See, just those two things already. Bam. And you know what's cool about blue antioxidants in blueberries? It's not in liquor. So there you go. You know, I made a drink out somewhere earlier, but um, but yeah, it's it's just antioxidants, good fiber. Mm. It's complex sugar, complex carbs. So it keeps your blood sugar steady. So it helps with weight, with weight, you know, imagine your body weight. And then walking backwards, I assume I shouldn't be eating or anything like that when I'm walking backwards. <laughs> you could try it. I mean, that might be a next level neurobic exercise, you know, and then think positively at the same time. There you go. I think I'm going to start with the basic. I'm going to walk backwards and then see where it goes from there. <laughs> One thing at a time. <laughs> One thing at a time. Exactly. That's how I roll. <laughs> now, you've given us such a good information. This is this it's almost the hour and it's gone by like like that. This is a amazing interview. Fun. Is there anything you want to add that uh, we haven't discussed? Well, yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm pleased that uh, you asked because there's one thing that I do that I think would be really good for your audience who are interested in weight management is that uh, I run a I host a weekly laughter club. So where I encourage people to smile and laugh together and experience joy. And again, I started this in 2020, you know, during the pandemic when everyone's depressed and isolated. It's on Zoom. We meet weekly and it's just a great, not only mood booster, it has so many brain health benefits. And also it is scientifically shown to help you lose weight because you can just sit there and because it's so energizing, you actually sweat a lot at the same time. And I also like to think that it helps you get a six pack because you're laughing so much. You know what? I'm, I'm Narado Powell and I approve this message. 
have, have you ever done laughter yoga? No, but I may look into it after this. My, I do have to say though, my favorite ad on TV of all time, I'm weird, but, and people are going to think I'm weird when I say this. I remember it was a, it was a hospital, the big hospital here. And the guy came on, he was just laughing and he laughed for, I don't know, 10 seconds, something like that. And after he was just cracking up, I don't know what the joke was. And it says, <laughs> laughter can help to relieve, to, um, to, to lower blood pressure and improve your health, a message like that. And I was like, are you kidding me? That right there is an ad. That is fantastic. Like how many health organizations are going to come out and say something like they're not pushing medicine. They're just saying laugh. Absolutely. Well, it's known to um, increase endorphins, so reduce pain, boost serotonin, so improve your mood, uh, increase oxytocin, so the, like the love and cuddle hormones, so you feel more connected. Uh, it's known to be anti-cancer as well. Uh, help you lose weight. I mean, I sometimes I feel like a little bit of a snake oil merchant when I talk about the benefits of laughter. And like, there are just so many benefits. And when you have it as a regular practice, what you are doing is you are teaching your brain and your body that you are happy. You don't have to be happy in order to practice laughter yoga and enjoy it because your brain cannot tell the difference between what is real and what is simulated. So when you just sort of fake laugh to begin with, and eventually it sort of leads to contagious laughter, you are telling your brain and your body on a regular basis that you are happy. Here's, here's the trick. All right, so when we're smiling, it's very hard to think a negative thought. Try it. That is so true. <laughs> and wait for when we're laughing, it's very hard to think about anything else except for the joy that you experience in that moment because all of our senses naturally and effortlessly combine in the moment of laughter just to be in the present. And that's why laughter is a mindfulness exercise. I, I've been sitting here for the last like maybe 10, 15 seconds trying to think about something ne negative <laughs> <laughs> with a smile on my face. That was, that was tough. That was, that was an exercise with yourself. <laughs> now, Thanks so much for everything you've shared. This is a fantastic interview. My audience will definitely benefit from that. And I want them to be able to get in touch with you. So again, provide us, how do we get in touch with you? Tell us your website. Let us know how we can work with Jess Brain. Absolutely. Thanks, Narada. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, so if people want to reach me, you can find me at The Brain Bar on Instagram or thebrainbar.com is my website. And I love talking about the brains, about brains and brain health. So hit me up with all your questions. I love questions. Great. Thank you so much. And uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, save, subscribe, and share it out there with family, friends, co-workers, or anybody who needs to hear this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.